0: Hello, everybody. This is Steve Hutto, and thank you so much for checking out my podcast today. I hope your day is going well, and I hope your year is going well. It's been quite a different year this year, and, you know, people talk about it being uh, uncertain times. The The truth of the matter is that we've been in uncertain times ever since mankind fell from the Garden of Eden. The good news is now that we have in Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ for 2,000 years, the rock of all ages, who makes our footsteps firm, and he puts a, a new song in our mouth, a song of praise, and you know, we can trust in him, and even in the midst of a situation like we're in in the year 2020, we can still find peace and joy, we can still find our stability in Jesus Christ, not in the way the world's going, not in a pandemic, or in a An election or anything like that, but we find our peace, as I know you know, in Jesus Christ. You know, I feel like that Jesus is raising up, he's stirring up Christians to intercede and to take a stand on the rock of all ages and in the the power of God in these last days and pray for the nation and pray for the world. And they're beginning to see things happen again. It doesn't, well, it does matter how things go, but it doesn't mean that we have to get under it. It doesn't mean we have to be burdened down, and it certainly doesn't mean that we have to be depressed over the way things are going in the world today. We can be full of peace and joy, and we can be examples in the midst of it, um, how people can trust in the Lord their God and that God and Jesus of course in us can be fr- proven a reality I believe that many people are going to come to Jesus I believe we're on the verge of an exciting in time revival right now in the midst of everything you know I, I keep going down, back to a scripture in my mind I have for a few days. And that is where sin abounds, Paul said, grace abounds all the more. Where sin is increasing, you know, to abound is to have more than you need, more than enough. Where sin is increasing, grace increases and abounds even more. So it doesn't matter how dark it gets. We'd love for the world Everybody just to be at peace and everybody be sweet, wouldn't we? But that's not going to happen because the world is not of the kingdom of God and vice versa. So they're always going to be opposing each other and light fighting darkness. But the bottom line is, is that Jesus Christ is Lord and where sin abounds, grace provided by Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago on the cross abounds even more. I want to encourage you, my friend. Find your hope. You know, the psalmist said this. Why are you down, so downcast? Psalm 42, Psalm 43, I believe. Both of those. Why are you so downcast, O oh my soul? You know, the psalmist actually spoke to his own soul because he found himself in depression. He found himself in hopelessness and despair. And he knew where his peace was. He knew where his trust was. He knew where his strength was. So he said, soul, what's up with you? Why are you so downcast? Put your hope in God, soul. So he began to command his own soul. Sometimes we need to do that. We need to say, look, Steve, that's me. Look, soul of Steve, why are you so downcast? Why are you so in despair? Why are you so moved by the way things are going? stop it man <laughs> put your hope in God you know where it is you know where you'll find your hope it's in Jesus Christ trust in Jesus and you know Psalm forty six ten says cease striving and know that I am God for I will be exalted among the nations man what a powerful powerful uh, verse of scripture And that cease striving. Another translation says, an alternate translation from the original Hebrew says, let go, relax. And you'll, you know, God says, uh, cease striving. And he goes on to say, I will be exalted among the nations. Some versions say, be still let go, relax, cease striving, and know that I am God. You know what, if you're caught up in this, to the strife, if you're striving for everything, man, striving for your righteousness, if you're striving for your needs to be met, if you're striving in a political party, or if you're stressing over the way things are going, he's saying, let go, relax, stop doing that stuff, because you're not going to know that I am God until you let go and relax and cease striving and, and be still. That's when you're going to know that I'm God. And when you know that you know that He is God through Jesus Christ today, you find His peace. You find His joy. You find His strength. You know, Paul said, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. In Ephesians 6.10. You know, that scripture, Paul penned that scripture just before... He started naming off the armor of God. He said, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. David, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, when all of his wives and all the wives of his mighty men and all of their children and all of their belongings were stolen by the Amalekites and their city Ziklag was burned to the ground, they came back and discovered this. The scripture says that they wept over it and cried over it and wailed over it until there was no more strength in them for them to cry. And it goes on to say that David was very distressed because not only having to deal as their leader, of course, with all of that, they had, he had to deal with these men. Why? Because they held David responsible And they were embittered against him, and they were talking to each other and planning to stone David to death because this happened on his watch. And so you know what David did? After David had wept along with 600 other mighty men of valor, after he had wept till he could no longer weep or cry anymore, it says he strengthened himself in the Lord. Did you catch that? He strengthened himself in the Lord. There are two aspects of strengthening yourself in the Lord. Of course, you can see that right before your very eyes. God is involved. God has to be involved. Because if you don't involve God in strengthening yourself, you might as well just be pumping some iron, but it's not going to do anything to the striving and to the stress and to the distress you might be battling right now or that might be slapping you around and knocking you all over the place. So, one very important, the crucial aspect of course, the most important aspect of strengthening ourselves in the Lord is God. (laughs) We gotta have Him. We gotta find it in Him. But we have a part too. We have to go to Him, even when we don't feel like it, even when it looks hopeless, even when we are in despair, even when we're distressed and we've even cried till we can't cry anymore. We just simply go to God. That's our part. You know, James said in James 4, he said, Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. You know, the psalmist of Psalm seventy-eight twenty-three said the nearness of God is my good. So you can deduce from that that the closer he got to God, the better for him it was. The more he profited, the more it benefited him. He said, the nearness of God is my good. But you could take the opposite of that and the further away or the greater the distance between you and God, then It's not your good, but it's your not-so-good. It's your bad. It's the opposite of good. The closer we are to God, the better off we are. And then the more distant we are, the further away from God, the worse off we are. Do you see that? And so the psalmist says, he said, The nearness of God is my good, therefore, or he goes on to say this, I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all of his works. So here's what he's saying, y'all. He's saying it's so good to draw near to God. The closer to God I get, the better off I am. You know, it's like we used to say the gooder it gets. But it's true, the closer we draw to God, the better off it is for us. And I think it blesses God because He loves us so much. I mean, He gave His only begotten Son for us. So it's a win-win situation. The closer we get to God, even when we don't feel God, even when we don't feel like going to God, the better off it is for us. So he said, I'm just going to make God my dwelling place. I'm just going to make God my refuge, the place of, my place of safety and solace and my place of escape when I need to so I can run into the arms of Jesus and just be with Him, man, hang out with Him with some good anointed praise and worship and the Word of God, man, and just hang out with Him. Goodness gracious. I hope I'm encouraging someone and again, James said, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Now catch this. You got, if you had a graph, a piece of graph paper, and you put a dot over on the left side of that, and you made that point A. Then you went over to the right side of that piece of paper, and you put another dot, even with it over on the, on the right side of that paper, you would have point B. Then if you drew a straight line with a straight edge, or a ruler as they call it, from point A to point B or vice versa, then that would represent the distance between point A and point B. I hope you're still with me. And so if you move, let's say point A is God, point B is you or me. And if you took point B, which represents you and me, and you could move that point closer to point A, the distance between point A would become shorter. So with that said, point B would now be closer to point A. But you know what else? Point A is also closer to point B. And so sometimes we think that God is just up there saying, well, you know, I'm not going to come near you until you make an effort to draw near to me. So you 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 know you can do what you want to. If you draw near to me, then I guess I'll just draw near to you. No, no. God, man, he's the creator of the universe. Jesus is the king of kings. He's everything. He's the rock of all ages. He's the same yesterday, today, yes, and forever. He's God's only begotten son who took upon himself your sins and my sins and the sins of the whole world. And so when we move point A, that would be us moving closer to God, God is already closer to us. Why? Because it, it is our good, it is our benefit if we move closer to God, the nearness of God. Now, nearness means closeness. It means a short distance. It means nigh, if you will. It's close. You see, that's nearness. So being close to God is best. It's better. It's more profitable. It's beneficial. It's expedient for us if we are closer to God. And see, God is God, man. He's not going to change. He's everything we could ever need. So the closer we get and the more we make the effort to draw closer to God, you know what happens? We get better, man. We enjoy it. And so in the midst of all that's going on right now, we can draw close to God. It doesn't matter who's president. We all have our favorite. The world will not end if our candidate doesn't get it, doesn't get elected. You know why? Because Jesus is still on his throne. Jesus is still there. He was there 2,000 years ago. He was there a thousand years ago. And if he doesn't come back any sooner, he'll he'll be there a thousand years from now. And if he does come back, he's going to be with us and we're going to be with him. Glory to God. That's good news. And so I like David. You know, David was a man after God's own heart, even as a shepherd boy. I mean, David wasn't perfect, we know he made some mistakes, but because he had a heart after God, which I believe is a type and shadow, a foreshadowing of of you and me having Jesus in our heart, being born again of the Spirit of God, having the Holy Spirit in us and upon us, I believe it's a type and shadow, his life on the earth and his service to God of what we have today, except now we're under a better covenant. We're under the new covenant we have God living in us. And so, but David was a great example of, of where we are today. And David sought the Lord much of his life, most of his life, served the Lord most of his life. And when this thing happened with the Amalekites, when they raided Ziklang and took away their wives and their children and all their belongings and burnt the city to the ground, and all that happened, and he was, they were threatening to, to kill, to stone David to death. The scripture says, the Bible says in First uh, Samuel 30, that David strengthened himself in the Lord. That's what the church needs to do, my friend. We can't take the attitude that, well, things are going to get bad anyway, so what's the use? We can't take the attitude that, it, what's the use? It's over with, my, my candidate, uh, or there is no, there's no selected or elected candidate yet. What's going to happen, our candidate? We can't just take that attitude that whatever will be, will be, and this one, which I can't stand, you know, oh, it is what it is. Well, it ain't what it is if you believe what God says it is. Because whatever God says it is, that's the way it really is. And if you align with that, then it is what it is, is going to be what God says it is. And that is that you win, you're a victor in Christ, you're an overcomer, just like David, and you can strengthen yourself in the Lord, just like David. You can do that. How did David strengthen himself in the Lord? Well, he drew near to God. Maybe he reflected a little bit on some of the things that he that God did through him, some of the, the, the exploits that God performed through David, like with his bare hands killing a lion and a bear? How about Goliath? You know, it was a miracle the way God uh, was on David, anointed David in the armies of Israel, even though they didn't even have to fight. And, and David slew the giant. I mean, he, could, he thought about things, but I think even more than reflecting on his past and some of the things that God has already done, David knew, because he had a heart after God, how to just go and hang out with him. And listen to this carefully. I believe that David, before... The Scripture says that he, he went on to inquire of the Lord as to whether or not to go out and fight the Amalekites and get their stuff back and their wives and their children because he didn't do that, and that's what caused this thing to happen. He didn't seek God. But I believe, this is what I was going to say, that David needed to strengthen himself in the Lord before he could actually inquire of the Lord, as it says in First Samuel chapter thirty, in behalf of his mighty men and their families and their belongings. I going to say that again. I believe that David had to seek God for himself, or in other words, he had to he had to strengthen or encourage. Some versions say himself in the Lord before he could inquire of God as to what to do and what God wanted him to do concerning the Amalekites and going after them. And he did. He strengthened himself in the Lord while all of his mighty men just kind of laid and moped around. Couldn't cry anymore. They didn't have no strength in them. So David strengthened himself in the Lord and for that very purpose he went and that reason he went and he, he got the ephod and he sought God. He saw. That's what you know. God didn't. He didn't even make David a priest, but David took the the tabernacle when they got it back from the Philistines, when uh, who who had uh, stolen the, the the tabernacle, and they brought it into Jerusalem. And and David didn't go by the book of the law. He just put it on the top of the hill. And he just put a tent over it and had access, went in and out, and other people could, and just worship the presence of God. That was the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, it's the presence of God was in the Ark of the Covenant. And David, you know, David's tabernacle is the type and shadow of the access we have now through Jesus and we, the, the privilege that we have now to worship the Father in spirit and truth. We don't have to go through ritual. We don't have to keep a law that we never could keep in order to be in right standing with God. Jesus made it so that we are in right standing with God right now. And we can access the presence of God because He lives in us, but we can draw even closer to God with the intention of accessing His presence, to hang out with Him, to be strengthened in the Lord, and listen carefully, to get direction from Him, to hear what He says. And that's what David did when he encouraged himself in the Lord. Then he sought the Lord and God said, yes, you shall go out among them or go out after them and you will defeat them. God's basically saying, I'm going to fight this battle. You go out, you pursue them. They went out and they found the Amalekites not too far away out on an open field, drunk on all the spoils. And they just walked in, took over, destroyed the enemy, took their stuff, their wives And took them back to Ziklag and all was restored. And I would imagine all the other spoils that the Amalekites had stolen from other cities and all, they were able to tap into those spoils as well. Man. So I want to encourage you, my friend. I'm not going to teach any longer, but I want you to know that you can encourage yourself in the Lord. Now, why would God want you to encourage yourself in the, in the Lord? Well, for a lot of reasons, but number one, so you could effectively serve Him. But in this day and time, God needs people who know how to encourage themselves in the Lord to intercede for the nations of the world and for the whole world and for us, especially the United States of America. Again, like I was saying, there are people, well, there are really two groups of people, those who think, what's the use? Look how bad things are. The Bible says things are going to get bad, but the Bible also says that in the last days, God's going to pour out His Spirit on all mankind. Yes, that began on the day of Pentecost, but there's a mighty revival that's going to take place before Jesus takes His church out of here and before He comes back. Then there's another group of people that just could care less. I'm talking about Christians. They could just care less. They're hidden in their homes, having a great time, staying home from work and you know, doing whatever everybody says they need to do and they're hiding away somewhere and they're not going to church, they're not fellowshipping, they're just having a, a good vacation. And I'm not criticizing that or judging anybody. A lot of people have had to stay at home due to the circumstances and everything, but you don't stay at home on Jesus. When you stay at home... Because you have to. That's when you need to make the time. That's when you've got the time, man, to say, this is not going to last forever. And God's going to turn me loose one day. So I'm going to build myself up as much as I can in the Lord so that when that day comes and He turns me loose, man, I'm going to be a wild warrior for Jesus or a wild warrior princess for Jesus. And so that's why... He wants us to encourage ourselves in the Lord, especially in what seems like a very, very challenging time. And it is so that we can intercede and we can stand in the gap for our nation and the other nations of the world. So let me encourage you, my friend. Seek God with all your heart. You'll find Him. God's doing something. He's doing a new work in those who are seeking Him, who are adamant about it, who won't turn loose on the altar, so to speak, until they get a blessing, or like Jacob did with the angel. He wouldn't turn him loose until the angel blessed him with that tenacity. We need to pray over our nation. You need to pray over your family. Look, you know what? I've got a whole bunch of grandchildren from age 20 down to age 1. And let me tell you something. The world that they're growing up in and the world that they're going to be teenagers and adults in... Doesn't look too good right now. So we need to pray. You know, we don't just pray for ourselves. We don't just give up because things are not hunky-dory for us. We have to think about our children. And we have to think about our grandchildren. The kind of world they're going to be raised in. Maybe even after you and I are gone. But we have a responsibility as as the adult generation, a part of the adult generation in this life today to prepare not only our children, not only to prepare them for when they become adults and everything, but to pray over the world they're going to live in when they become adults. So let me encourage you, my friend, one more time. Seek God with all your heart strengthen yourself in the Lord it's easy to do you just go to God you just be you just be honest with him and let me just say one thing I heard something on the radio a few months back and it was saying and listen I'm not passing judgment on this I'm not trying to be critical but it 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 almost showed me something else that I or God did that I just needed to talk about and that's this you know I heard this Uh, on a Christian radio station. I like to listen to Christian radio. And they were saying, we're offering so-and-so's 40-day devotional. If you want to draw closer to Jesus, this devotional will help you. And I'm sure there are a lot of good, encouraging things in there. And I thought, well, no, wait a minute, Father. What's, What's wrong with that picture? If I want to draw closer to Jesus, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to draw closer to Jesus. There are a whole bunch of ways I can do it. But in my heart, I'm just going to draw closer to Jesus. I'm going to spend more time with him. I'm going to pray longer. I'm going to study the word more. I'm going to listen to some good teaching uh, and video uh, teachings or whatever more. I'm going to do what I can to draw closer to Jesus. And I don't have to depend on a pamphlet or a devotional that somebody puts some nice sweet stories in. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical. I just want you to grow up in the Lord and I want you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And I just said, Jesus, I don't necessarily have to have those things and I'm sure they can help somebody some, somewhere, but somewhere, no, actually, the very first thing we have to do is decide I'm going to draw closer to Jesus. That's how you draw closer to Jesus. You just draw closer to Jesus. It's that simple. It's not complicated. You don't have to depend on anybody else. So let me encourage you. Encourage yourself in the Lord and let God raise you up as a mighty woman or a mighty man of God. Hey, this is Steve Hutto. I want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Thank you for listening to me preach. Sometimes I teach. Sometimes I preach. But you know, we're living in a time now that uh, the days are evil and the time is short. we got to be serious about who we are and what we are doing. And it's all about Jesus. Paul said in these last days, we don't need to be making full use of the world. We need to use the world as if we didn't need the world because we're not going to be in the world much longer. And that doesn't mean we just check out or we hide. He's just talking about let's lay aside the worldly stuff and the encumbrances and the weights that are keeping us from rising to our full potential as believers in Jesus Christ. God bless you. Have a wonderful day, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks a lot.